we'll shift gears here uh, to the high school ranks and, and Dick. Uh, uh, one of the one of the things I have really enjoyed the most is your uh, you make the call. So why don't you kick us off uh, with that? All right, this, this is old school day. You'll, you guys will both know this. It's an old school move, right? And it's a, and it's kind of two two parts. So it's a legal or illegal response by you. So situation one, wrestler A has an opponent in a guillotine. All right, there's the old school, the guillotine. And included in that is the headlock with no arm. And then he turns the wrestler towards the back. Is that legal or illegal? So he's, they're basically on their knees. What The guy on top has the leg on, reaches under the arm, grabs the head, locks his hands, and now is taking him back into a, into a uh, guillotine. My my first thought. So if his arm if his arms uh, around the head without the arm, my first thought is that would be that would constitute an illegal headlock. Okay, why? And that was what I was going to say. Um, uh, but I guess maybe a, a little confused on the position. But um, uh, the old guillotine. Yeah, yep. that's that's old school. So you guys are right. That, that is illegal. You cannot, once you, when you're on your knees and you're, you're, you're locking it, you have to have an arm in there. So, which would be, you know, you're going to usually take the arm and then take him back. Right. So in this case, they're reaching over, mm -hmm. head, locking hands. That's illegal. Okay. Situation number two, wrestler A has the opponent in a guillotine in a near false criteria. So he took the arm, went back, slipped his arm over the top of the arm, now reaches up and grabs the head without an arm. Legal or illegal? I'd say still he's illegal. On his back now. He's on his back, and he's and we've taken him over without the arm or without the head, and now we reach over, grab the head, without an arm. Okay. I think it's I think it's legal because N now you're in a half Nelson situation. Yeah. Well, it's not a half Nelson situation. But, but no, but but in a pinning combination. Cool. Yep, and you guys have probably done that. Back in the day, reached up to grab the head. So you think it's legal, both of you? Yeah. I, I would say so. And that once is correct. So back, then yes. Once you get mm -hmm. into your ball criteria, then you can grab the head without an arm and, and work for the pin. So. And, then, and then just to clarify this, <clears throat> um, when you get them in the guillotine, my legs are so short, I could never use that anyway. <laughs> that, that actually that actually brings up a third situation. So if you take them over, have the leg in, grab the head, and your leg comes off because your legs are short, <laughs> is that legal or illegal now? Now the leg's not in anymore. So I'll, I'll help you out. It's it's illegal. So they would have to break the grip right away if the leg popped out, or oh. risk being being uh, illegal headlock. So. <laughs> good, good question. Interesting. Interesting. All sorts of situations, right? Yeah, right. That's uh, crazy. So that's uh, yeah, it's kind of neat. So high no, school, don't see that very often uh, not, anymore. Not anymore. That's why it's old school. Once in a while, you do. <laughs> but uh, so holy cow, we got directions. We got regional duels. We got. Uh, Results from from sectionals last week. We got uh, re regional duels tonight for 3A. 
So where, where do you want to go? Uh, well, let's just uh, go in order. Uh, I was at sectionals uh, uh, this weekend. I, I don't know if I really saw too much uh, of a surprise there. I know there were some pretty dominant uh, performances, you know, looking in our area. Um Lisbon got 12 through, I think West Delaware got 13 through in their uh, 2A sectional, Lisbon and 1A, of course. I was at Independence. Uh, Mustangs wrestled really, really well uh, at their home uh, sectional tournament. They uh, they advanced 10. Um, I want to say they had eight champs. Right. Eight champs. Um, there, if I remember right, seven or eight champs. Um you know, they had a couple uh, matches with ranked wrestlers in, in the finals and dominated. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, Williamsburg ended up getting second there. Um, they had a nice uh, – they had a couple champs. Uh, Union had four, I believe, Adam Aronson. Um, you know, and then uh, a couple of the – the middleweights there with Lincoln Mailer, Stone Schmitz, uh, Colton Crawford uh, also uh, was a runner-up in, in advanced. Uh, probably the one big win there uh, individually, Caden Grip of Williamsburg beat Jaden Moore uh, of Benton Community. Uh, second time Grip's beaten Moore. The last time it was in sudden victory. This time uh, it was a late takedown, and then Moore tried, like, one last-ditch effort, got caught in his back for two swipes. So it ended up being, like, 4-1 or something, but it was a lot closer than that. Uh, it 0-0 going into the third. Um, but it's a real good competition. But Indy, Indy looked uh, really good. Yep, I, I would agree with you. I mean, West Delaware has 10 champs, three runners up, 13. Independence eight champs and two runners up, and then Assumption had also qualified twelve. They had seven champs and five runner ups, and then and then Lisbon, of course, they qualified twelve of their thirteen. They they don't have a 13, 113 pounder, so right. um, and yet you know these teams and, and the way it matches up for districts, uh, you know for for the local area teams, it matches up pretty well. You know we don't have West Delaware matching up with Independence and. And uh, you know they're they're going to their separate districts, so that's a good thing. Yeah, no, like I like I've said, I think they did a pretty good job of separating teams this year. I, I um, that was that was my opinion. Um, you you can't necessarily separate individuals, but you can separate teams. And I thought they did a pretty good job. You know, I, we went through with the uh, with the ranked kids at these at these uh, sectionals or districts, and um, I think the. Uh, uh, one of the uh, districts out west had the most ranked in 1A with 23 kids in that district, uh, and that was and that was the highest number uh, total. So I thought they did a great job of separating teams. Wow, you said 23? Yeah, that's pretty good, really. I remember that was at the, that's at the Sioux Rapids uh, district. Right. I remember my last year we had 28 in. At, at our district, and one of the districts out west had seven in ranked kids. Yeah, so. I remember that too. Um, you know, the one thing that kind of caught my eye—you mentioned Davenport Assumption. Um, you know, in mid-January there, 
they kind of had some some struggles a little bit. I know there were some injuries and and stuff like that, but Assumption seemed to be uh, having some issues. And boy, uh, with their uh, with their performance on Saturday and then in the regional duels on Tuesday, uh, they looked to have righted the ship, and uh, they seem to be in, in good shape here for the postseason too. Yeah, they did. They did a nice job. It didn't look like an extremely difficult uh, sectional. So I'm, I, I'm, and they pair up with that Elbia sectional. So I, I, they may have another nice run to qualify some kids for state. So um, we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, I, I will note this though, KJ. You had mentioned that uh, you know, is this the last year of sectionals? So the number of kids that were entered in some of the sectionals was so I kind of looked at that a little bit and boy it was it was shocking at least particularly the 1a section mm -hmm. 2a was, is, was the teams were a little more full but you know, you know it's crazy I looked at that as well uh and I looked at more of the eastern side of the state um and and if you threw those two sectionals together or just had the district you know you don't have very many uh, brackets above eight. Um, you're, so you're dealing basically with uh, a few 10-man brackets. You know, if you look at that Lisbon uh, Mediapolis sectional, I think there's five, five weights that would have a nine or 10-man bracket. The rest are all eight-man brackets or less. So I, I guess that's why I'm okay with going to just districts. Right. At that, yeah. at that Lisbon, at that, at that Lisbon uh, sectional, there was only there was uh, no no bracket. There's seven teams there, and no bracket uh, had six or seven in of all of the fourteen. I mean, and, and half of those had. No, let's see. I think four of them only had two wrestlers. Right. Right. And then not only that, there's no fifth place matches. Right. Yeah. Uh -huh. right. Um, uh, there for some there weren't even semifinals. Like you said, at least four of them no semifinal matches. That's crazy. Uh, you know, you weigh in and you're moving on. Um, of course, you have to credit Jim Delson for uh, bringing it to people's attention on social media that uh, there was a weight uh, where Jessup, uh, there was one individual. And I know, uh, I, I remember Bell Plain uh, or, or one of the uh, SICL uh, sectionals a few years ago had something similar where 113 only had one person in it as well but you know that that just fuels the the debate to you know yeah go, go it, it needs to be restructured a little bit you know it, and even that the, the monona sectional uh which had eight teams up there um there was nothing bigger than a six-man bracket i mean there was a lot of six-man brackets but uh but still a lot of eight teams um, uh, there was only, uh, I think it was four, four or, uh, 11, 11 of them had six man brackets. Wow. wow. So that brings me to something I want to share, uh, um, as well. Uh, something that got brought to my attention, uh, MFL Marmac hosted, uh, the section on Saturday. They also had a chance to host the regional duels for the first time on Tuesday. But during that event, you know, one time I think MFL and Alcator Central shared a program, right? Yeah, just for a couple of years. 
for a couple years. Yeah. Um, so Friday, apparently one of the El Cater Central wrestlers, uh, the family's house burned down Friday night, the night before sectionals. So it was a total loss. Apparently the entire family, they were able to get out unharmed. Uh, but of course they had a tremendous loss uh, with the fire. Um, he was unable to compete on Saturday, obviously had bigger things to deal with. Um, but MFL uh, right away decided to uh, raise money for the, the family of the Alcator Central wrestler. I think uh, they donated all their program sales um, and uh, gathered donations to coaches and the ADs um, got together right away and, and decided to do that. Uh, and so in less than like 12 hours raised like $840, uh, for the family. Um, you know, I just thought that was a really neat, uh, uh, gesture on their part and a, and a nice effort. Of course, it's no surprise wrestling communities, uh, rally around each other better than any other sport really. Um, and to see that in such a short period of time and people willing to give and help out uh, somebody going through something uh, like that, I thought was pretty cool and a really classy gesture on MFL Marmac. And of course, uh, happy that not only did they win their sectional, but uh, they also won their regional duel and qualified for state duels for the first time in school history. Bravo for the community, and I'm saddened for the family that lost their, their home to the fire. Jeez. Yeah, and it sounds like they had a good sectional as well as good duels up there this uh, last couple of days. Yeah. Any other any anything else kind of stand out to you as far as uh, the two A sectionals go, <clears throat> or the one A sectionals? Any sectionals at all? Yeah. No surprise, Don Bosco qualified 12 with 11 champs. <laughs> so, that's, that's I, I mean, it, it looks like, uh, you know, Lisbon and Don Bosco are going to be uh, loaded, headed down there. Um, you probably guess that uh, they're both looking at trying to get double digits down to Des Moines and uh, – do you think this is going to be a two-team battle, Wyatt? I do. Um, yeah, because uh, uh, like you said, the, the Don Bosco district, um, they're paired down there with that BGM, or, or that's where they're at. But anyway, um, uh, I can't see why they wouldn't get everybody through. And Lisbon, um, I'm, I'm thinking, would be basically the same way. Um, you know, they're going to get their 11, 12 guys through. And, and, you know, and just like we had talked about with, was it Solon or something, you know, all those guys, even if they don't place down there, they're going to, they're going to score some points. Right. Right. Um, and of course, West Delaware, I, you know, assumption, obviously uh, a good first step. We'll see how they handle districts uh, this weekend. Um, but West Delaware, you know, uh, dominant. Uh, I don't know. Is there anybody 
you know, Crest, uh, Crestwood, Crestwood. Can they, can they make a, a run? We saw what Osage did last year. Um, you know, could Crestwood pull something like that off, uh, Sergeant Bluff Luton or anything like that? Oh uh, boy. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. You know, we, um, you know, but at the same time, you know, a year ago, we kind of thought the same thing and things didn't fall into place. And so I, I guess you can't count anybody out, but at the same time, it, they're, they're just looking so good. Them upper weights from about 45 on up are pretty dang solid for, for West Delaware. Okay. And that's not discounting any the lower weights. I'm not saying that at all. Right. Um, they're, they're, but they're just really solid. Well, I mean, I, I guess I'll just leave it at this. I think it's West Delaware's the lose. So, I, mean, I would agree. So. I would agree. But, of course, like you said, said the same thing last year. Look what Osage uh, yeah. did. So, um, I, I'm, you know. I'm not sure it was much, as much Osage as it was kind of maybe West Delaware not doing it and then other teams kind of stepping up and – it was almost like a, a group effort to not have West Delaware, <laughs> including West Delaware in that effort. Yep. So. Um, well, regional duels, obviously, for 1A and 2A were uh, a Tuesday night. Um, one thing that stands out, even though there are a couple close duels, all the host teams won. Uh, MFL Marmac had a battle with Wilton. Uh there and got through as we mentioned the first time they've qualified for state duels. Uh, winter set, uh, outlasted, um, I'm Clarion, Clarion Goldfield, Dows, um, to advance. But other than that, it looked like uh, the host teams pretty much, uh, you know, kind of ruled. Yeah, and, and I think um, both those duels came down to the last match. Uh, I was kind of following winter sets, and they were down 36-33 going into that last match. And so they needed the decision, and he ended up with a major to win that duel. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And I think MFLs, I think that came down to a final pin, I think, to win that. Really? So There was actually three that were – one was one point, one was two, and one was three. So Sergeant Bluff Luton beat Central Lion 39-36 in the final. So that was in, uh, so oh, the, wow. the 16 teams or 16 duels, the eight in, in 1A and the eight in 2A, only three of them were tight. The rest were, were either significant wins or blowouts, which, which leads you to believe that, or at least question, is 24 teams too many for the regional duels? Is it should it be sixteen or you know just two duels going at or two teams going at it or whatever? And, Even two teams, you still have blowouts. And and then not on top of that, uh, it was the six, seven, eight seed teams that were were the close duels. And yeah. so, yeah, I'd, I'd be and some of those I uh, I don't think sent full teams or sent their starters either on that on that first duel, and yeah. so. You, you could just as well eliminate that duel and just have have the uh, the eight duels right and the, and the association will will counter with well those kids get an opportunity to have that experience you know <laughs> yeah yeah 
That's an experience <laughs> I've got to enjoy a couple of times. <laughs> well, just speaking from where I was at, uh, the Lisbon duel, um, or the Lisbon uh, regional duels, um, the semifinal between Albernet and New London, uh, Albernet won pretty handily, like 60 to 17. Mm -hmm. They had three pins and seven forfeit wins. So, you know, that, that was, uh, yeah, you know, that, that was real, uh, I, yeah, it just, I didn't see the point. Makes didn't you want the point at all. Winner, doesn't it? Yep. So, you know, uh, Lisbon went through and, and kind of steamrolled Albernet. Uh, but I will say this about Albernet. Uh, they, they put guys out there. Um, you know, there were a couple forfeits. Um, you know, uh, I think they're back-to-back forfeits where, you know, we've mentioned Lisbon doesn't have a 13-pounder. Uh, they did Albernet didn't have a six-pounder. So those two forfeits, but the rest of the time. Uh, and another thing that I'll also mention, too, that you might see it from other coaches, and I've got to applaud Clayton Rush. Uh, duel is out of hand. The last match is 145. Um, they – and uh, it was Robert Avila, top-ranked Robert Avila for Lisbon. And Albert has ranked wrestler and Carson Klosterman as well. Match was over. The duel was settled. You would see some coaches maybe forfeit and not give Robert Avila a match or whatever. Uh, nope. He wrestled straight up, uh, had a couple uh, uh, really good matches between, uh, uh, you know, top wrestlers after the duel was already handled. Um, I, ju I just thought that was the perfect way to handle it. Uh, so I just wanted to tip the cap to Clayton Rush by putting the guys out there, um, you know, when – there wasn't really too much to gain there, but you know, you you see people forfeit to top guys like that because they don't want the wrestlers hurt, or you know, it's not worth it. But you know, but Klosterman gained experience. Yeah. So, man, that you're hitting a source of subject with me because that happened in my last year. We had to drive through a. A storm all the way over to Johnston and Russell Dowling. We we're ticked anyway because we thought we should have been hosting. And uh, and uh, anyway, so we had to drive clearly in a storm, and then we start at really the wrong spot for us. So our three three of our strongest kids are are the last three weights in in Briggs, Rashad, and Culver, and they have us by a point or two even if we win those matches. So they don't put anyone on the mat and forfeit the last three matches. And I'm thinking. Now, first of all, I'm mad because we had to drive two, you know, two hours, and our fans and our families through this storm to have that sort of treatment. If you're not going to wrestle your varsity guys, bring some junior varsity guys and put them in there. I mean, you you you're, you had to drive across town or not even across town if you're Dowling, probably live in that district. And so, you know, so that was frustrating. And and then uh, 
Um, you know, I'm thinking these people had not only had to drive all the way across the state, but they paid pretty good money for that ticket, you know, to get in. And then to have that sort of thing happen was, was very frustrating. So, yeah, I don't, I'm totally yeah. with you 100%. Nice job, Clayton Rush. Good job. Yep. So, uh, and of course, there, you know, uh, that was one sided. Uh, you know, Lisbon uh, came out and dominated uh, a lot of. A lot of pins, uh, pins in the first period. Um, the one real interesting note, uh, 126, uh, Brody Neighbor for Albernet uh, with a pin in three minutes over uh, Kate Seabrecht, who's ranked fifth. Seabrecht was actually up 7-1 at the time in the second period when Neighbor hit him with a neck wrench and uh, put him on his back and, and got the fall. That was uh, the one uh, contested match that, uh, Albernet won in the duel, but uh, Lisbon looked really, really good. Uh, their their poster says "loaded for Des Moines," and they look like it. Um, and I think we're on a collision course with uh, Don Bosco and uh, Lisbon again. And of course, we saw what happened with uh, the finals last year, coming down to the last uh, match, and and we could see the same thing this year. And of course. No battle of Waterloo. Uh, they didn't have the regular season duel that they normally do because of weather. And, you know, the first time they cross paths this year could be the finals of the state duel. Yeah. And then, and then on top of that, it'll be interesting to see how the, uh, how the seeds go at the state tournament, you know, where, where they, where they meet up in the, in that part of it. And that's going to be tough because with the seeds and the missed competition this year, you're, it's going to be tough to seed, I think. Um, uh, I, I think you just have to go in there and click a button, isn't it? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if there's, no, you know, if there's no criteria, I mean, yeah, that's true. That, but <laughs> We'll see. I think there's with the limited competition. Of course, some of the smaller schools have not limited a whole lot either. So, yeah. Uh, other than their big tournaments. Now, quick note on Al Burnett. They were up in that Don Bosco uh, sectional. They, they qualified seven all in the, the second. But, you know, when you're in the Don Bosco district, that's not – I mean, you can follow Don Bosco in the state. Now they're on the opposite side. Well, I guess not if we're seeing it. But uh, they can still be on the opposite side. So that's, you know, good for Al Burnett. Doing a nice job. Yeah, I think, I think they've really kind of taken a little bit of an upswing here uh, in the last season or two. Uh, I think they kind of dipped down a little bit, but I think Clayton Rush uh, is kind of kind of getting them back. So right. uh, nice to see them. Uh, you know, you get seven through, and hopefully uh, they have um, some a good performance uh, uh, this Saturday with with districts. Now uh, the three A three A regional duels are tonight. I'm going to head to to Linmar. Um, you know, uh, some notes that, that kind of stand out, uh, Cedar Rapids Xavier is making their first regional dual appearance ever. Um, you know, football school. Yeah. Uh, side known for soccer. Yeah. Um, you know, basketball, certainly wrestling hasn't really, uh, been considered a wrestling school, but now, you know, this is a, a nice step, nice little accomplishment for them. They're going to go up and face uh, Prairie, which is a winnable duel, I think. Mm -hmm. But, of course, uh, I think those two teams are 
a wrestling for one extra duel with Waverly Shellrock uh, uh, waiting for the winner. Um, you know, I, I can't think of any anybody else making their regional duel debut. Uh, the one that really stands out to me, I think, right now, uh, Linmar and Dubuque Hempstead, possibly. Um, I think that's one that uh, uh, really could be interesting. Yeah, I think that could be a great duel myself. Um, and and the other one may be the Ankeny Norwalk duel. Yep. I, I was thinking the Iowa City West, if they can get by Pleasant Valley, so uh, with North Scott. So I'm thinking uh, possible upsets. You're always thinking that, right? That's the fun part. So uh, uh, Hempstead maybe can upset Linmar. That's ten versus eight, and that, you know we didn't get to see that during the season. And then Iowa City West maybe upset in North Scott, and then uh, you know it'd be fun to see. Prairie and and uh, Xavier's result, how that might turn out. But I yeah. think best that opportunity for upsets in those two uh, regionals. Yeah, you know, and Iowa City West is scary just because mm-hmm. you know they've got guys that can score a lot of bonus points. Right. You know, when you're when you're looking at uh, Garvin and Gambrel and Stratton and Barker, uh, you know, if Parker McBride's in the lineup. Um, yeah, I'm sure I'm, I'm blanking on a couple more, but, you know, they've got some hammers and and they can put up uh, some bonus points. And if they get a, you know, a, a win here or there or, uh, you know, an upset, they're, they're a team that could recap with somebody. And Yeah, they can know. score a lot of points with those guys. And then, uh, like you say, win, win that one or two matches, uh, you know, e- even if they split. Uh, split seven or 14 matches, but get bonus points out of five of them and win a couple of the other ones uh, and then hold the other ones to regular decisions. Right. Um, you know, you, you, you can win a lot of duels that way, actually. That's why I'm thinking that's a potential upset. But, uh, you know, Iowa City West are tough to, because was it two weeks ago we covered with KJ? Two, three weeks ago? And uh, yep. they had only two duels at that time under their belt. And so, you know, they have, they're limited experience in duels. And so they're kind of an unknown quantity in the duel situation. Yeah. And the Iowa City schools have just had such a rough year. It's it's really hard to kind of know where they're, where they're sitting right now uh, this time of year. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that, uh, how that plays out um, as well. But I think... I think those top four uh, ranked teams, which it's Waverly, um, Southeast Polk, Waukee, um, Fort Dodge, maybe even Bettendorf. I think those those five are pretty uh, pretty safe bets uh, to get through. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how um, all of it plays out uh, tonight. Uh, so with the district uh, uh, competition this weekend, I know I'm going to be at the 3A uh, district in, at Prairie um, on Saturday. But uh, why uh, have you seen kind of the 3A? Do you have the 3A district? Uh, uh, I do. Russell is kind of broken down. I know you did such a great job with 1A and 2A. 
Um, well, actually, I'm just finishing my rankings right now. I, um, if you okay. noticed, I've been snooping down and looking at my phone because we're just <laughs> finishing them up right now. But um, as and far those will be as, posted Thursday. A uh, pardon? Well, you have those posted Thursday. No, as, I'll give give me about 15 minutes after this broadcast. <laughs> okay, so people can look because I got them right here. I got them right here. Um, but uh, I, I'm looking at, as far as teams go, I, I would say Iowa City West would win that, um, would be the favorite there. Um, the uh, Prairie one, I, I don't know about you, KJ, but I'd, I'd almost give a little nod to Linmar on that. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the Waverly one, um, uh, Waverly. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Going out but, on a limb there. Yeah, I have, but you know, uh, even uh, you know, we were talking about the one and two A uh, sectionals or districts. I thought they did a good job in the three A of splitting these top teams as well. Um, I don't know if you guys did, but uh, maybe the maybe the a couple of the more competitive ones would be the Bettendorf one with Bettendorf and North Scott down there, as far as the team race. Um, and maybe the Carlisle between Waukee and Johnston, uh, being it's a little smaller tournament. But uh, um, I thought I thought it was a, a pretty decent job of separation this year. Uh, I do, I do too. I, I do too. I think uh, uh, they really kind of split things up a little bit. Um, you know, I. Hempstead, Hempstead's the one that I think uh, if you sent them somewhere else, uh, they could be uh, they could make a run for uh, a team title. Um, but obviously, with Waverly Shellrock, that's that's going to be tough. But uh, whatever direction you're you're sending them, uh, you've got Lidmar to contend with that I think is uh, a lot stronger team than many people realize. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then you got Bentendorf, uh, as well. And the other one along the, uh, the border there. So, um, yeah, I think they, they did a good job of kind of splitting, uh, top teams up and, you know, we'll see how things kind of, kind of fall out. Kind of interesting that, uh, South, Southeast Polk is at Marshalltown, um, but that's one that they uh, uh, they should roll through, I would think, uh, pretty easily for for them. Uh, you know, and and all and also looking through these uh, district pairings, um, basically the dual the top seeds and the duels are all separated on the districts. Uh, really? Except, yeah, except for maybe um, um, Iowa City West. Uh, which would be uh, what are they a number eleven seed or ten seed or whatever it was, yeah. eleven yeah and and that would be the only one but otherwise them um, the other ones are all top seeds in different districts. Okay, all right. So yeah. just to note, most, most wrestling people know this, but the di districts are an eight man bracket. Uh, the three A districts are an eight man bracket with the true wrestle back to second. So. The, the seeds are important, but they're not critical because you can have you have that chance to come back and wrestle for a second to be that 
that true qualifier for state. But you do need to win the first round. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I can tell you those. Uh, it, it's still it's still uh, gut wrenching to see some of those Russell backs though for second second place. Um, so probably one of the toughest situations in sports, in high school sports. I really think that Russell back. Um, you know, it's uh, it's an extremely tough situation, and uh, but but it's exciting to watch in the same in the same breath. It, it's fun to watch when you don't have a dog in the fight. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's for sure. So, uh, I, the one thing too, you know, uh, I know, uh, boy. The Hudson Don Bosco district. I think there are three ranked wrestlers uh, at one weight there. But you know what? I don't see or haven't really seen, you know, kind of a backlog. We've seen up to four ranked wrestlers in the district um, in the past. I, I really don't see any big examples of. You know, highly ranked wrestlers possibly, you know, staying home just because you you've got this log jam of of guys at one district. Oh, believe me, they're there somewhere. <laughs> It'd be impossible to not have that somewhere. At least on, I mean, with three levels, one, two, and three A, there's got to be something. But you're right; it's it uh, it looks pretty good, really. And and just and just like that, uh, that sectional up at, at uh, Columbus, you know, at 160, you had the top two kids uh, wrestling there. So it's it's going to happen, I guess, you know, where they follow each other. Yep. And that's uh, you know that's made for some real fun uh, situations over the years. I still remember uh, JJ Crutzinger and Kyle Padretti. Uh, those two wrestled the sectional finals uh, at uh, Independence. Of course, at that time, MFL and Waterloo Columbus were both 2A schools, but they wrestled at sectional in the sectional finals at Independence. They wrestled in the district final, and then they wrestled in the state final. And I want to say uh, Hoblum from uh, uh, Alvernet and uh, one of the Don Bosco uh, wrestlers did the same thing where you know it was a sectional final district final state final against each other and you know uh that that makes uh that makes for a lot of fun over three weeks uh, uh seeing that happen I'll, I'll tell you an interesting situation from 1966 so so <laughs> don briggs from jefferson and terry daly from washington wrestled each other in the sectionals Daly beat Briggs. They get to districts. Briggs beats Daly. Get to state. Daly has first round Dan Gable. Don Briggs makes it to the finals. He wrestles Dan Gable. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so for the Briggs point of view, it worked out all right. <laughs> it worked out perfect. Um, 
and I'm assuming it was kind of the formula thing back then too, where district a champion district, uh, a runner up versus the other. So if those results would have switched. Don would have had Gable first round instead. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and, uh, back then they only had four medalists, I think top four, if I remember right. Wow. And so I'm guessing he didn't even he didn't even place them, being he got beat in the first round. Right. I mean Terry Daly, I see him occasionally. He's in town. He's a great guy. Great guy. So. Interesting. Uh, the other one thing I don't want to get into, into too deep before we sign off, but um, thought it was kind of interesting. You know, uh, Governor Reynolds uh, eliminated uh, mask mandates and stuff. However. Uh, the Iowa Athletic, the Iowa High School Athletic Association uh, sent out a release where they're kind of keeping their guidelines in place, even though the restrictions were lifted. So there's going to be limited attendance. Uh, masks are going to be um, uh, required. Are you surprised that they didn't uh, – maybe open the gates a little bit more for, for more fans to attend? Or do you think that was the right call to keep with uh, their previous uh, uh, guidelines and, and limit attendance for this year? I, I'm, not, I'm not surprised whether I think it's right or not is beside the point, I guess, um, because you're also, um, you're also dealing with the um, whole county health department. So um, I'm not surprised. And I guess if I was them, I would probably just keep on doing what they're doing. Um, whether a person agrees with it or not, um, that's what their protocol has been all year. So um, I guess maybe go through with, go through the state tournament with that, with that in place. Um, and the same with, with their basketball se seasons coming up. You know, just this past week, maybe even less, a former Jayhawk and, and a friend and, uh, just passed away from COVID. He and his daughter and wife got it. They had minor, minor symptoms. He ended up going in and trying to battle it in the hospital and lost. So, you know, it's pretty sensitive to me right now. So absolutely, let's let's protect. I, I, I think it was a good call. Um, you know, I think we just have to make sacrifices right now. And not to mention, I I think it would have been extremely hard in the matter of two weeks to try to figure out how to allot tickets and right. what you're gonna do to to kind of open things up. So I think it was I think it was a responsible choice. I think it was a good choice by the association. Um, and of course they're they're following guidelines, Wyatt, like you said, um, from from other institutions. Um, and consulting them as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is just a year that we need to sacrifice. And, you know, uh, the atmosphere is still going to be a good one, uh, regardless of, you know, 5,000 fans or, or however many uh, are going to be in attendance with cheerleaders without whatever uh, it might be. So, And let's uh, not forget there's a lot of states that don't even have wrestling this year. So if we have to, you know, cut back a little bit and still be able to do it, like I said before, bravo to the association. That's right. I totally agree, Briggsy. Totally agree. Uh, any any final uh, comments or 
or uh, anything you want to share here before we close things up for this week and, and get ready for, you know, a big qualifier. A big qualifier, and we don't have much time left, you know, like 10 days. Nope. Uh, this time next week, we'll be right in the middle of uh, state duels. Duels. So, um, actually, uh, you know, maybe uh, we'll get together on Tuesday or something uh, before uh, state to break things down. But, uh, you know, this time next week, we'll be right in the thick of things in Wells Fargo. So, should be fun. It should be a blast. All right. Uh, well, on behalf of Wyatt Schultz and Dick Briggs, I'd like to thank everybody for watching and listening to this to us gab about wrestling for a while. And as always, we'll let uh, Wyatt take us home. Let's keep wrestling on the move. <laughs>